0: You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by Metashare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. So glad to be here to unpack and discuss a wild Sunday in the NFL. We'll go back to Saturday as well. Because you can see the shirt I'm wearing today. Some craziness on Saturday as well. But wow, football season is fully underway, and the madness is is everywhere. You go across the league, and you think about this. Last week, we're, we're, we're panicking about the Packers. I think they're fine. The panic appears to be gone after last night's win against Chicago. Or is just Chicago not very good like we thought, even though they won last week? All right, now the Bengals are 0-2. Are they in trouble? They were in the Super Bowl last year. Arizona looked like they were heading to 0-2. And then Kyler Murray reminds us what he's capable of. They pulled out a wild win in overtime. All reliable, Hunter Renfro fumbles the ball. Are you kidding me? And then we also see the Denver Broncos bounce back after their weird loss in week one to Seattle. But they win yet they're still disappointed. The Bucs win yesterday, yet they're still angry. They're still a weird team. I'll let you know what I'm convinced of uh, in that regard in a few minutes. And then also, my Carolina Panthers are an absolute nightmare. It's a disaster. The town is beside themselves. I'm coming to you from Charlotte, and so we'll we'll get into that a little bit as well. And then my Super Bowl pick, the Indianapolis Colts, they scored zero points yesterday. Zero, Zero points. So what what do we do with that? Well, I don't even know know what to say about that. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And then during our Unpack This segment today, we'll go even further on really a lot of the stories from yesterday were the opposite of what we expected. To think that Joe Flacco would lead the Jets to a win? Are you kidding me? Nobody thought that was going to happen. Who thought that Jared Goff was going to lead Detroit through two games with one of the best offenses in the league. I mean, they're putting up points left and right. Not to mention what Miami did with the Ravens yesterday. That was unbelievable. So a a lot of the the stories yesterday have to do with the the opposite thing happening. The upside down weekend in the NFL. And so we're going to look at that and how that relates to the Bible and our own lives. And so, so much to get to today. We'll let you know what we're convinced of. We'll do some tap drill. And we'll talk about some of the 0-2 the teams that we still believe in, those that we're out on. And, and then what about the 2-0 the and o teams? Who's most impressive? Who are we most confident in? And then tonight, we got a double header in Monday Night Football. Do we love this? Do we want this to happen every week? I'd love to know your thoughts on that. I was surprised earlier. I saw Mike Florio. He doesn't like two games going on at once. Are you crazy, Mike? Come on, man. Get two TVs. You're good to go. Whatever game is better, you flip over there. Commercials, we're, we're, li- we're living the dream. Two games on Monday Night Football. Oh, my goodness. It's great. All right, we are brought to you by MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. Check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. Members of MediShare save up to 50% or more per month on their healthcare costs. Check out if it's the right fit for you and your family. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. It's been great for me and my family and encourage you uh, to to see if it's the right fit for you and your family. All right, so thanks to Metashare, and we will hear from uh, Henry during tap drill. But right now, let's say hello to Luke Heaton, my co-host. Always glad to have him a part of things. Last week, Luke was down in the dumps. But you listeners, you you (laughs) picked him up. You stuck with us. And Luke's Texas A&M Aggies, Get the big win on Saturday night in front of the national crowd and your Dallas Cowboys. A- another one of those surprises from the weekend with your boy Cooper Rush Cooper Rush. getting the win.
1: Well, it's a great day for fellow Redheads. You know, we are <laughs> few and far between. We're very hit or miss. We are less than 1% of the world. But when I see a fellow Redhead doing things that are great, I got to tip my cap cooper rush well done well done man I mean here's the thing what on earth am I supposed to think about my teams Am goes and loses loses to app state which should not have happened Cowboys look horrific against Tampa Bay with their starter this week this past weekend Am beats a higher ranked Miami with their backup quarterback and then the Cowboys, <laughs> Beat the Bengals with their backup quarterback. It, 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 backup quarterback's the way to go, I guess. So it, it would. I, I, I have no clue what to think, but it was a good weekend. And I have a handful of things I'm convinced of, but your weekend was much better than mine. As great as it was for AM and and the Cowboys to win, it doesn't even come close to yours the year of app state is upon us
0: it continues baby here we go <laughs> it has been an absolute uh blast these first 3 weeks of college football to, to be at the game in boone when when you know 60 what was it 64 what was it 63 to 61 unbelievable uh, first game first week of the season even though app lost to unc to then follow that up with the, the monster win against Texas A&M. And then last week, the play of the weekend will be up there as one of the plays of the season. To win a game with a Hail Mary is remarkable. It's so rare. It's so hard to do. You know, I, I here I am again. Last week I talked to, about how I didn't believe App could beat Texas A&M. Well, on that final play, I didn't <laughs> think App was going to in. I didn't think they'd throw a Hail Mary and, no. and pull it out, especially the way that it you know to, for it to bounce. And then you get the wonderful block for, for our wide receiver to get into the end zone. It was thrilling. And here's what I'll I'll share today. Uh first off, college game day being in Boone was fantastic. They did such a great job showcasing our school. So proud to be a mountaineer, so proud of the way that uh, we were, you know, just kind of came across to 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 the crowd watching, and the crowd that was there uh, at game day was was impressive, and it was a beautiful day up there. Uh, so I was watching and, and and loved it. But as a as an app fan, and just as a sports fan, you know, I'm pretty reasonable, and I'm pretty like, hmm. you know, uh, low key as far as my cheering goes throughout games. When I'm watching games, like I'll you know, I'll get excited, or I'm loud, and, and that kind of thing. My response on Saturday night was the loudest, craziest, bonkers uh, behavior that I've had in (laughs) at least a decade. At least. It has been a very long time. I lost my mind Saturday night. And because, again, Hail Marys are just one of those places, one of the greatest places. To me, Hail Mary and a buzzer beater in basketball, especially like a half-court buzzer beater, you just can't. You can't get anything more. Exciting well, and hail marys are
1: even, even way more rare than a buzzer beater because
0: it takes so many more things to fall in place. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so anyway, I'm watching the end of this game, thinking, ah, it's over. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I went berserk, and my poor little daughters, three <laughs> and one, were they're scared to death. I mean, they, they don't <laughs> know what's going on because I. You would think, oh, they're probably used to a crazy dad, big sports fan. Not to that extent. Not to no, that. No, they extent. haven't seen
1: this side. No, No, way! they've seen quiet Bryce watching, turning the light out on the Panthers. That's
0: right. They've seen,
1: they've seen quiet version of you, but not my team just won on a Hail Mary.
0: No, no way. I mean, that was, so I was absolutely (laughs) fired up and it was, yeah, college Bryce came out, uh, came out of me. It was, it was there. Uh, my dad was over; he was going nuts too, so it was very loud at my household. That was my and, next question:
1: uh, Is did he participate in going
0: nuts? Oh yeah. Where do you think I learned it from? <laughs> so Fair. so we, we so we were we went nuts together, and then of course my mom's there, going, "Hey, quiet down! You're scaring the girls! You're scaring the girls! What are you doing, Bryce? Settle down! Settle down!" And I, you couldn't stop us. It was the the train had left the station. We were going nuts, and uh, that was that was Saturday night. So uh, way to go, Mountaineers! Now. The other part of it is they never should have been in that game. Troy actually outplayed app uh, app should have blown them out, but they got caught up in the, in the week that was beating Texas A&M and the That's track right. games. It was caught right up there. in the
1: headlines. It went caught to their up. head.
0: It's part of It's, it, it's what you got to look out for. So <laughs> thankfully they, they pulled it out uh, nonetheless. And and so we'd love to hear from the app state fans today. Uh, and those of you that aren't app state fans that watched college game day, we'd love to hear what you thought of, Maybe, you know, Boone and App, because maybe you've never seen that side of things before. Uh, So I'd love to hear from you.
1: I was seeing a a video of App students jumping into a pond after the game. Is that a thing? Did you see that? So it looked like a pond on campus. So two questions. Is that normal after a big win? And have you entered
0: said pond? No, as much as uh, I'm a swimmer, I don't don't jump in weird ponds. Uh, (laughs) You're you're selective about your bodies of water. Yeah, yeah, questionable, questionable <laughs> water quality. I'm out. I'm out on that. But uh, but no, that was a that, that's a big deal. Duck pond, duck pond is what it is. And you know, September the water's not too bad, but I've seen people jump in there in December. Ooh, that's, the polar plunge. That's, that's another. That's another level. So yeah, uh, we we had a big win, a game before the national championship years ago, my freshman year. That was the craziest I had ever seen. App, um, and people were jumping in, and we tore down the goalposts and all that kind of thing. So. That was a long time ago. So to see the the fans rush the field the way they did, it was cool. And now, you know, I don't like rushing the field when you're supposed to win. But when you win on a Hail Mary, all rules are let go. Yes. So I wanted to bring that
1: up because to me, again, we've said this a lot. To storm the court, to rush the field, only do it when it's obvious. Like, when you should do it, it, you know you should do it. Winning on a Hail Mary, you rush the field. That's right. So yeah, it, it was a no-brainer.
0: It's a free pass. It's a free pass. And, a free actually, pass. our quarterback Chase Bryce was helping fans come down. Oh. that's what he was doing. Well, He's a legend. Celebrating our quarterback is yeah. helping fans onto the field. So that was that was pretty cool. But sadly, a lot of people got hurt. Actually, it, it turned out very dangerous. I mean, it was nuts. Boone is nuts. Man. So they got to be they got to be careful up there. It's uh, it's been wild.
1: So Paul uh, right. Paul commented. Uh, how about those Jayhawks, Luke? It's a quick shout out to KU. Three and and0 this season. It's a new era. Big KU, win over
0: the Houston Cougs. How about how about Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, and Carolina? All three and L. Shocking. Wow. Shocking in college football. So wow. that's that's pretty cool as well. They're not uh, just we'll talk,
1: basketball schools, folks. Let's go. I guess,
0: I guess not. I guess not. We'll talk a little bit about that during tap drill. Uh, but we'll jump into what we're convinced of. We'd love to hear from you as a listener. What are you convinced of uh this morning or this afternoon, uh, on a Monday? And and so I will uh I'll start with a couple things in the NFL. First, the Detroit Lions are the easiest team to root for because they're fun to watch, tons of scoring, and and actually, after the game, Dan Campbell sent his offensive lineman, who he's like 27 years old, has bounced around the league, has been a practice squad player. He got his first career start at guard, a position that he doesn't normally play, actually, and, and Campbell sent him to the podium. To speak to the media, and and in the locker room, he was the guy that coach came to and kind of I don't know if he gave him the game ball, but just mentioned I saw it on Twitter. Uh, but to me, this is the culture that they're building there. Every guy counts. It's not about the superstars. Yeah. They're building a great team. They're playing well. That defense probably still needs to you know step it up a little bit more. But their number one pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Wow, he's the real deal. Three sacks for him. Um, so th- they're impressive. They get the win. Um, so I'm, I'm rooting hard for the lions. It, it's been fun. Um, now to the negative, the bucks are still in trouble. I, I, I'm convinced the two and O hmm. bucks are still in trouble. I, I know people are thinking, come on, Bryce, just let it go, man. I know you picked, I know you've, you've <laughs> been think out I'm on the bucks think that. <laughs> for, for months. They're two and O. Tom Brady You're just dying on lays that lays hill. Yeah. I'm dying on the hill. I'm telling you, <laughs> you are it, goodness. I, I, they are unraveling you, Mike Evans. He lost his mind. He's now suspended for a game. Bruce Arians is on the sideline. Okay, that was interesting. What are we doing? What? Yeah. They, this is a circus in Tampa.
1: Yeah. They,
0: they, they happen to beat Jameis Winston and his four broken back, or bro, whatever he's got in his back. He's got four slipped discs. Or I don't know what it is. But he's, got, <laughs> he's got four. That's who they beat. That's who the Bucs beat up barely. They barely beat them. Yeah. They hung on to win. Go ahead.
1: Well, well so I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not willing to die on that hill about the Bucs. I know. Well, are you are you willing to still die on the hill of the Panthers are winning the division? Because I <laughs> <Okay>. my <laughs> is or is it time to turn the light out? Okay. Is it already <laughs> time to turn the light out? So, I think the Bucks are benefiting from just a bad division. Like, I, I I'm not willing to say they're going to do well in the playoffs, but it's almost like who's going to take it from them? I'm just I don't know. It looks bad in Carolina. The Saints are still interesting. I'm a believer in Jameis. Um, uh, you know, I mean, if he if he can get his back in check. But, what, what do they say? It's like four broken. I don't even know what it means.
0: How is he I mean, playing that's with that?
1: So concerning. So yeah. concerning. I mean, to me, him and Carson Wentz are just similar players, like just thrills, but then just devastating mistakes. Good offense though. And then I mean, Atlanta's, yeah, Atlanta's Atlanta. Um, so we'll see. I actually, I think there's a wise way to go about protecting your quarterback, but I'm convinced I love when I see players stick up for their quarterback. Now, there's a way to go about it, and Mike Evans took it too far, but if someone's in your quarterback's face, if someone has a dirty hit on your quarterback, someone has to get shoved. I think back a couple years ago, Andy Dalton slid, got destroyed, late hit against Washington. Every Cowboys offensive lineman just stood there. That was
0: bad. I remember that. That Like that was an
1: egregious hit, and no one even looked at the defender. Like at least walk up to him and say something. So Evans took it too far. But the principle and sticking up for your quarterback, I love. There, there has to be, like in basketball, you always need that player that's willing to to be the tough guy to stick up and maybe you know maybe he needs to get a tech to get the team going. So I don't know. On principle, I like what Mike Evans did, but he took it too
0: far. But here's the thing. Their wide receiving core is already depleted. Oh and yeah. So he left early in that <laughs> game. Now he's out for another game. You know, maybe they'll get one of those guys back with with Godwin and Julio, but they're they're banged up. Julio's always banged up. Godwin has kind of been injured a lot as well. So It's to me. It's just not. It's not looking good. It's not looking good for the Bucks, and I know they're two and zero. All right. Speaking of not looking good, I'm convinced the Carolina Panthers must move on from that rule, and there should be no delay. The (laughs) ship has sailed. It's over. Nine straight losses. Yeah. To 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 yesterday's game was the pivotal game for me. Week two against the New York Giants. The Giants, a a team that still has Daniel Jones, a a new head coach, and Brian Dable. And last year the Giants beat the Panthers, and so you can't let that happen again. Yet that's exactly what happened again. The offense doesn't understand that it's twenty twenty two. You look across the NFL, you've got teams that are dropping thirty five points. You got, you know, you got the Miami Dolphins loving life. They're throwing the ball all over the field. The Ravens are throwing the ball all over the field. I mean, the Lions are throwing the ball. The Jets. I mean, and then the Panthers are up and down the field. It's just embarrassing. What was the it's final score to watch. of
1: that game.
0: it's It felt 40. like
1: it felt like it was thirteen to six or something. To, Nineteen
0: it. to sixteen was it? Ugh. It was. It was just so. It, so it's not <laughs> working out. There's an assistant coach on the staff, Steve Wilkes, former head coach of Arizona. Wasn't great in Arizona. Didn't really get a fair shot there. Uh, so he's the only guy on staff that can take over for Matt Rule but it's just not working out and i just don't see him rallying the troops. He's to, from from the outside looking in, he has lost the team. He's I know he's lost the fans and it's just not it's not a good thing. So it's just I still so believe crazy how much I still believe in the roster. That's the thing. I still believe in the
1: roster. Matt rule had so much hype coming in, deservingly so with what he did with at Baylor,
0: but I mean yikes. But but okay, here, here's the thing. Here's what I'm also convinced of. Stop with the college coaches going to the NFL. Uh, enough is enough. If Urban Meyer can't do it, if if Steve Spurrier can't do it, if Nick Saban can't do it, Matt Rule's not going to do it. So it's cool. He, he won some games at Temple, yeah. won some games at Baylor. He hasn't won any games at Carolina. So thanks. <laughs> Maybe he's a nice guy. It's not working. Yeah. And the sooner we can move on as Panthers fans, the better off we're going to be because we can't watch this game in, game out. It's they're barely making it on my third TV. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, you you look across the NFL. There's so much excitement, so many great games. I mean, we've got games coming down to the wire, big time plays, wild plays. You got all this hope and all these different teams and Joe Flacco shocking everybody. (laughs) And then the Panthers. Oh, I mean,
1: I was look I was watching the stats and for a while, Saquon Barkley had like six carries for four yards. Solid. And yet Carolina still wasn't dominating. Like yikes. And you know what time it is? It's time for the Carolina games for you on Sundays to be relegated to the fourth screen, which is NFL Plus on the phone. <laughs> they've, been, they, they've been relegated to NFL Plus on the phone. Oh, um, so one, one thing I'm convinced of today, and we kind of talked about this before the show, if you are a member of the National Football League, you, you, you cannot score zero points. It is... <laughs> It is co- act- completely unacceptable. Are, are you kidding me? You can't make. You can't who get you, into field goal range. Are you, are you talking
0: You're, about the team with the number one running back?
1: Yeah, who uh, the quarterback who had Matt nine Ryan? carries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> team with one of the more talented rosters against the Jaguars. Maybe it's the Jags. You can't beat them to make the playoffs. Then now you can't score a point. You're telling me an NFL team can't get into field goal range. Field goal range one time. Fifty-yard field goals Shocking. are a common thing in the NFL. Like, oh yeah, fifty-two yarder, fifty-one yarder. You can't you can't get into field goal range once to kick a field goal, or if you miss it, it get into field sense. goal range again. Zero points is unacceptable. You can't score zero points. I understand getting to the end zone once, kick a couple field goals,
0: but uh, a goose egg. It, I mean, it's it's a disaster if that happens. I mean, think about it. The Seahawks scored seven points. The Bears yeah. scored ten points. So you're telling me the Colts Even the can't Cowboys even do that? scored three against Tampa, <laughs> and they looked awful.
1: Their first snap in the red zone for the Cowboys was week two. They had zero
0: snaps in the red zone against Tampa, and they still scored three points. Yeah, I, I really don't understand what's going on in Indy, other than the wide receivers are it's not a real deep group and Michael Pittman was out yesterday. So and, and so was Alec Pierce their, their top pick, uh, second rounder. So, so logically
1: was, it's it's Jonathan Taylor's run game. Run the ball.
0: Run the ball. <laughs> I mean nine carries? Nine carries for Jonathan Taylor. I even thought Naeem Hines might have a big day. A bunch of dump offs. Where, yeah. where were those? It was like the Colts didn't even have the ball. It's like were they at the game? Did they even Did they even know what time the game started? I, I, I seriously, I, I just it's like beyond me. That's so bad. It was weird. 24-0 yeah. against the Jags is so bad. Oh, man. Right. One more thing I'm convinced of, and then we'll get to unpack this. I, I, I'm convinced, and this seems so obvious now, but I'm I'm convinced the 49ers never should have drafted Trey Lance. Why yeah. did they do this? Why did they trade up to the third overall pick to draft a quarterback that wasn't ready initially and now, you know, of course, is injured, But when you already had Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that has taken you to the playoffs and all he's done is win. I know he has had the injuries as well, but, but still all he's done is win. So to me, all you had to do, if you, even if you wanted to trade up, well, get a, get a player that can contribute and, and, and use your picks and your, your, all these assets that that the 49ers had and they've done a great job building a really strong roster. Just go win with Jimmy G. That's all he does is win. And so he proved it again yesterday. And, and to me, this is one of the more just wild stories too with how this is all played out. And for Trey Lance to be out for the year, which actually is, you hate to say it for him, but it's best case scenario. Because imagine if he was out six weeks and Jimmy G goes five and one while he's out, then what do you do? So yeah. it was already awkward and weird. They told Jimmy G not to even be at the, the facility or he didn't want to be at the facility. They couldn't get in touch with him in the off season. And now he's high five in and everybody's buddy buddy back you know back in the mix and he's winning again and the 49ers are they're one of the teams to beat in the NFC it's yeah it is baffling and it wild and, it and interesting
1: well because they traded up for him for him to sit out his rookie year like okay we're gonna develop this guy but their roster was in win now mode like we have a talented enough roster to win a Super Bowl so maybe they're trying to go the the Mahomes route. Hey, we'll draft Mahomes, have him sit for a year, and then he's the next guy. But
0: gosh, I don't know. It's, yeah. we I, I, yeah. Really, we haven't even been able to judge Trey Lance fairly. Well, I don't even so when, when draw was he, any like, major conclusions.
1: When he plays, when he comes back, it's going to be 2023. And then, so next year, when's going to be the last time he played a full season of football? Since wow. college.
0: He we hasn't played a full year of football. He FCS football. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's concerning the 49ers it's it's an interesting situation but they, they've got some talent there and uh you know they, they seem to have the pieces in place and and jimmy g when he's out there I, he just things just happen for him like yeah. they just they as long as he's healthy that's the big thing so um a lot to uh to, to unpack and kind of react to from from the weekend would love to know your thoughts as well you can leave your comments uh paul's already calling me out for uh Jumping off the, the Panthers bandwagon after after two games. I'm still a Panthers fan, but, but we have to realize it's really hard to watch. This is a yeah. team that is you just don't understand. They have Christian McCaffrey. They barely I mean, between him and Jonathan Taylor. It's like we got the two top running backs that barely touch the ball. Yeah. I, I, feed these guys, please. What, why is it so difficult? It's confusing. <laughs> yeah we're just fans more. watching on the couch I'm, yeah. I'm eating my uh I, I had a delicious corn dip yesterday I'm eating my corn dip just wondering what's going on Trader Joe's no I had a buddy come over and uh you know I invite guys over to watch games and have a good time well they my my two buddies reached out and like hey well we got to bring something normally you know it's not expected I don't expect guys to, to bring anything over yeah. I'm not going to provide anything I provide the TVs and, and the entertainment right. and the commentary, free commentary. Commentary. So if you want to yeah. bring something delicious, uh, go for it. But anyway, brought a delicious, like, corn and cheese dip with some tor- tortilla chips. Ooh. Very delicious. Very mm. delicious. So anyway, so that's what I was doing as I was criticizing the and wondering about the Panthers. I got excited one time during the Panthers game. One touchdown to G- DJ Moore. That was about it. Yeah. One more quick thing is Tyreek Hill
1: officially the best receiver in the NFL again? Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes splitting up is what it was necessary for us to see how great they really were. Because with them together, it's like, ah, is Tyreek Hill really that good? He's benefiting from Patrick Mahomes. He's a gunslinger, and he's got Kelsey. Oh, is Mahomes really that good? I mean, he throws the Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I mean, we're seeing clearly. Tyreek Hill is making Tua look like an all-star. Tua, who couldn't throw the ball down the field before this year, <laughs> now is throwing bombs. 60-yard touchdown passes. And then Patrick Mahomes is still unbelievable. So it's interesting. It's disappointing they had to split up, or that they did. But I think we're actually seeing how great they really are. And we could only see that th- with them on different teams. I mean... That- Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill is a deadly combo. A
0: deadly
1: and also combo. I'm bought in on the Waddle celebration. Now it took me a week, but I'm all it's in catching
0: on. It. It's catching yeah. on. I don't know if it's Jamal Anderson, dirty bird, but it's, it's catching <laughs> on. Um, so yeah, I saw this on ESPN.com. Uh, Tua was 14 of 18, 232 yards and four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And and so no quarterback has thrown for four touchdowns in the fourth quarter in fifteen years. The last guy to do it. Here's your trivia question of the day: Who was the last guy to do it? Sage Rosenfels. How about that? Wow, Sage Rosenfels. So before we we start uh, giving Tua the the gold jacket, did we do that for Sage Rosenfels? <laughs> so. Uh, let's pump the brakes let's pump the brakes <laughs> i'm gonna be the last guy on the dolphins bandwagon i'm gonna be the last guy so i'm not there yet well i'll give them the love Two two nice wins that was a huge comeback uh an impressive fourth quarter against the ravens who looked like they were rolling and and mike yeah. mcdaniel yeah mike mcdaniel and brian dayball i mean these guys come in right away and, yep. and josh mcdaniel's still looking for that that first and we're win. seeing
1: o'connell tonight see if see if he's legit against the Good eagles boy. Which is boy, gonna you be... can't wait to
0: watch him. Oh. You just watch him on the sideline. You love him. That's, That's right. your boy. That's yeah. your boy. <laughs> That's right. All right. All right. So um, so anyway, so uh, we're going to jump into unpack this. Each week, we take sports topics related to the Bible, related to our own lives. We love goofing around here on the show, but we're also serious about Jesus. We, we follow him. We love him. And we're trying to grow and, and learn and, and want to encourage one another each week on this show. And so I appreciate you uh, listening and, and being a part of things. And, and so – As we've talked already uh, about the the wild day in the NFL, you know, the the theme really was the opposite of what we kind of believed or thought last week or heading into the season, the opposite happened. The the opposite became true. Because what did we hear all last week, even from Luke? The Dallas Cowboys season is over. The Cowboys can't win without Dak Prescott. And what was the truth yesterday? Well, they can win with Cooper Rush. Yeah. Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, there he was in the action. And so... Yeah, you know,
1: I admit it. I, I very much believe the season was over. And yesterday, I mean, I, I still can't believe yesterday was a thing.
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> like, who is this team? Who is this team? And to beat, you know, a legit Bengals team, at least what yeah. we thought coming into the season, coming it off a Super Bowl I mean, appearance. Bad teams don't make the Super Bowl. Uh, no and they... Probably got was, better so since yeah. last year. So yeah, I mean, it's amazing. We'll, we'll talk about the 0 and 2 Bengals later, but anyway, the Cowboys. Everybody thought they were out. They they win. Meanwhile, you know, people have been laughing about the Jets. We love laughing at the Jets. Very few believe that Joe Flacco was going to lead them <laughs> to a win over the Browns, or that he's still a player in the NFL. I think people or, or that he's a starting that. quarterback, or that he's a winning <laughs> quarterback, or that he can you know stay upright at this point in his career. Uh, and, and especially the when the browns were up by 13 with 122 left in the game but well, what happened the Jets won the jets silenced the, the the browns fans and quick side note uh did you like the uh little mascot in the middle of the of the browns field did you see that so I'm a fan of things vintage and to
1: me it was cool okay. it was better I mean the browns can only go up from what their logo and and anything is, so any type of vintage throwback Rounds. is necessary.
0: My, my uh, old roommate actually has that tattoo. The what do they call it? What's the what's the mascot called? I can't even think of it. It's oh, not brownie, my. but it's they've got a name <laughs> for him. But but anyway, he's got that tattoo, which is very interesting. Um, but but anyway, and then you know we talked earlier about about the Colts. You know, most people would agree that that an offense with star running back Jonathan Taylor would run all over Jacksonville. But the truth is the Colts scored zero points and Taylor only rushed nine times for 54 yards. And then uh, again, we were misled all off season to believe that Jimmy Garoppolo would never play another down in San Francisco. They didn't want him. He didn't want to be there. But in actuality, he was never traded. And then he led the 49ers to a 27 to seven win over Seattle in, in relief of injured Trey Lance. And, and so we could go on and on countless examples of, of things, you know, not being what we thought they would be. And there were many outcomes on Sunday that, that people, you know, bought into uh, the, the opposite we expected to happen. And and so it was it was amazing that we you know we expected certain teams to win or we wanted games to go a specific way. And then the opposite happened. When the when the when we saw the action unfold on the field, the truth and the reality was much different than what we anticipated, what we thought, and and for many of us, what we believed to be true. I believed this Colts team was a Super Bowl contender and that Jonathan Taylor was just gonna run all over the Jags. And the opposite was true. And so Go ahead. One,
1: Based one on uh, further research, <laughs> the Browns mascot name is Brownie the Elf. The Elf. There you go. Brownie
0: the Elf. Yes. Did not know that. It's hilarious uh, to me. Uh, it's 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 <laughs> it's bizarre. So so anyway, t- so uh, goofiness uh, aside, uh, Brownies aside, uh, whether we liked the results from yesterday or not, or or whether they lined up with our you know personal beliefs of of what we thought should happen, or if it went along with the media's opinions all week long or all off season, ultimately the truth was revealed on the field and the teams that prevailed turned out to be the opposite of what most thought that's, that's what the reality was on Sunday. And so when it comes to the world that we live in, many people believe life should be a certain way and have bought into storylines that the culture and the media have told us are true. However, when we look to God's word and we understand what he reveals to us, we realize that the opposite of what we once thought is actually the truth. And what the world thinks life is all about is much different than God's design. It's the opposite. Many people consider you know, gaining everything this world has to offer: money, success, pain, uh, fame, power, pleasure. That's the goal of life. That's the ultimate satisfaction. That's what's worth chasing. But when it comes down to it, the opposite is true. Jesus tells us in Matthew 10:39, this is the amplified version: whoever finds his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. And whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me. For all eternity and so it's it's actually given up what the world offers to chase after jesus and and so you know just like during the nfl yesterday we're like wait wait a second wait wait the jets won and, and so you know we, we might pause and say wait 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 is it the main point of every day to get as much as we can and do whatever selfishly feels good isn't that what, isn't that what the, the opinions out there isn't that what the culture tells us isn't that what we were raised to believe by all the influence all, all around us? No. <laughs> the reality of living according to God's truth is, is that we sacrifice, we surrender, and we obey the one who created us and calls us to live a selfless life that looks like the opposite of what the world says. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Whoa, wait, wait, I thought it was all about me. It's all about me. Paul also encourages us in Acts 20, 35, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. What do you mean? I just want, I want everything to come my way. Mean, it's better to give things are the opposite in God's economy and God's uh, the way he operates God's word is different than what the world tells us and the, how the world operates that's the reality that's the truth and and so the world tells us all about being self-made and strong and powerful and never showing any weakness yet the truth is that God works in amazing ways when we're weak and humble in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10, Paul describes how he pleaded with God to take away uh, what he considered the, the thorn in his flesh. But, but God told him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Talk about the opposite of what the world says. Paul responds by saying, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Talk about the opposite again. When I am weak, then I am strong. Jesus also says in Matthew 5.10, blessed, comforted by inner peace and God's love are those who are persecuted for doing that which is morally right. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now and forever. And so today, NFL fans can't deny what was revealed during the games on Sunday. That, that, was, that was the truth for, for week two, as I knock over everything in the studio. Although much of what we saw was the opposite of what most believed. We still know it's the truth of week two. And so likewise, as we follow Jesus, we can't deny what God reveals through his word. Although it's the opposite of what the world believes, we know it's the truth. So today, let's remember to live according to it. So let's follow his way. Let's go his way. It's the opposite, but it's the truth. It's the reality. It's the way God designed it. He is the creator. So why are we going to push against it? Why are we going to go the opposite uh, of his plan, his path, his His way of doing things when it is the best way? As so we talk a, a lot about that here on Unpacking It. Uh, but Luke, why don't you jump in and uh, you can unpack this a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it's actually really... <laughs> Relevant um, to—so last night, uh, my church, we had our quarterly uh, member meeting, and we just uh, go over, like, budget updates, vote in new members, um, vote on other things, hear from the elders, and one of our elders was talking uh, about—I think I've said this quote before on the show, but it's a Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote, and he says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. You talk about— that is the opposite of of what culture and what the world says. Wait, lose your life, come to die? No way. But that is that is the call. Christianity is not, and my uh, this uh, amazing guy, one of the elders at a church, was talking about last night. You know, Christianity isn't just agreeing to some doctrines. It's a call to discipleship, and that doesn't mean we're earning our salvation, but fought. Fa- being a Christian is a call to discipleship, and discipleship in the Bible to being a Christian is lose your life, so that you may have, so that you die, so that you may have life, so that you may be raised in Christ. Discipleship is a death of self, and a death of self is the exact opposite of what the world's wanting. Oh no! Uplift yourself. Turn inward. Focus on yourself. Pleasure. Um, self reliance. Self strength pursue what you want. Oh, follow your heart, man. But no, we are called to be disciples of Jesus, and by God's grace and by the power of His Spirit, He helps us do that. So that's a great reminder. Yeah, you want to lose your life? Lose your life and gain it. When you want to gain your life, gain the whole world? You'll lose everything. So really, like, what's the cost? Is it worth dying to self so that we may have Christ for eternity? Oh my goodness, Absolutely! It is absolutely yeah. worth it. Um, and I think just a practical thing to ask ourselves, is there anything in our life that... Not that all culture is bad. I definitely don't want to say that. There's plenty of good things about culture by God's grace, especially as Christians influence cultures or culture around us. However, if there's things in our life that are spot on with culture that is not biblical, maybe that's something to think about. Like, wow, I kind of live in a way that actually is pursuing what culture says. Uh, what's going on there? It's just a way to like check our own lives. Like maybe we need to do the opposite. I mean, George Costanda does this in Seinfeld. He does the opposite because everything he does is wrong. Um but our lives are on average probably going to be the opposite of what the world pursues.
0: And that is a good thing. And by God's grace Mm. we're able to do that. Amen. Amen. So it's a it's a challenging uh principle and, and reality to to embrace uh, but that's good it's it, it really is It's so much is kind of the opposite of what we've been been taught by the world and 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 by by culture so we have to we have to you know test it and and push against it and 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 embrace and know and understand and really believe what God says um and I know for me and you know Philippians two three and four in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. That's man. That's a that's a a strong strong challenge right there for us to to consider today. Let yeah. each of you look well, not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others. It's so easy yes. just to get caught up in what I got to do, what I need, what I desire, mm-hmm. what you know, how I want things to happen, uh, but to actually put others ahead of ourselves. That's the call. Yep.
1: And and I think just to clarify. What we're, what we're not saying is, oh, yeah, you got to lose your life. You got to live a miserable life for, to, to follow Christ. No, there is a joy, a sweetness, a, a glory in being a disciple of Jesus that comes from losing your life, from dying to self. Dying to yourself doesn't mean you can't enjoy anything, doesn't mean, oh, well, I'm going to be sad the rest of my life. No, it just means dying to the world's pleasures. There is so much pleasure and joy and amazing things that are in Christ. Just like think of, think of the, I read a book called Made for Friendship. Hmm. And I think one of the greatest gifts God has given us is friendship. And that's an amazing thing. Amen. Dying to self doesn't mean giving up something like friendship. There's godly friendship is so sweet. And some of every, all, every one of us, think of some of our best memories, it's with a close friend. Or a close family member, and and that's an amazing thing. So there's still ton. I mean, there is true joy, true uh, like beauty in a life following Christ. Um, but to to really attain that, we have to die to what the world is calling us to.
0: That's right. What our number? Yeah, our number one focus and desire and and all that kind of thing. So. Yeah, and putting our putting our, our selfishness uh, aside, which is a daily <laughs> it's a daily death to self and a continued pursuit of of knowing Jesus uh, deeper and, and more profoundly and, and following after Him. So that's what you can unpack today. Uh, that devotional will go out uh, through email. We go out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, so you can check that out on unpackingit.com slash subscribe. Uh, and you can su- subscribe for free on our website today if you aren't already and unpack this subscriber. All right, so much more NFL to unpack today as, uh, man, this hour flies by for us. But, uh, you know, we talked about some of these these wild games and, and and wild finishes. What jumped out to you? What was, as you were watching, what really uh, caught your eye, Luke? And, and those of you listening, what was the most surprising kind of finish or what was the most exciting one? For you, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you jump in first. Go ahead. So, I think sometimes, I think what makes college
1: sports amazing is the chaos. Professional sports are a little more methodical. You kind of know what's going to happen, there's less sloppy play typically. And the NFL, typically, the better team's going to win. There's not as much chaos, not as much high scoring, certainly. But the Miami-Baltimore game, I mean, come on. Unbelievable. You don't see scores like that very often. Long touchdowns, Lamar Jackson's 70-yard touchdown run, Tiger Kills catching 60-yard bombs, chaos down the stretch, a comeback. That game was so exciting to watch. It was unbelievable. No matter who would have won, that fourth quarter, go watch the highlights if you haven't seen it. And if you have seen it, watch the highlights again because we don't see that kind of football in the NFL that often. It was just so fun to watch, just exciting, chaotic football. It was amazing. Explosive plays. So that was my big takeaway is
0: that was a treat to watch. You know what? Another kind of wild game, and the Rams pulled it out, and it's like Super Bowl champs. Falcons are one of the worst teams in the league. But back-to-back weeks, the Falcons have made their games really interesting all the way till the end and you know the Rams are almost like looking for ways to lose, which in some <laughs> ways they, they still have some concerns there. like Cooper cup yeah. st- he's still the best receiver uh, now Tyree Kill's making a, a run for it but 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 Cooper cup, my goodness uh, but then he yeah. he kind of made a mistake and so allowed allowed the, uh, the the Falcons back in that game and so that was remarkable. And then this was not an exciting game. But how about the Texans once again making it interesting toward the end as well, and just yeah. sort of, just sort of uh, you know roughing up the game a little bit. And and so last week they tied with the Colts. This week they lose by seven to the Broncos. The Broncos really needed that win, and and Russell Wilson, yeah. things still haven't clicked yet. He's still not it's riding been slow Let's ride. out of the gates. Yeah. We're waiting. We're waiting, Russ. We're waiting. <laughs> Let's ride. Come on, man. This is a bumpy ride so far.
1: Train will not leave the station yet.
0: This is this is talk about not scoring much. I mean, geez, Louise, 16 yeah. points for the Broncos. It's yeah, they, they got to yeah. be better than that. Um, Judy, I, I guess he's day to day. But I think the positive Dave for, the, for Sutton, Yeah. The, the positive for the Broncos, though, is they followed up a, a disappointing week one loss. You know, Monday Night Football, Seattle, a lot of criticism. They at least got the win. So that, yeah. that helps them. Um, and then the other game that went into overtime, the, it was just wild that the Cardinals got back in that game uh, against the Raiders. And, you know, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was looking at an 0-2 situation where people would have been calling for his job, uh, similar to what we're doing here in Carolina. Yeah. So they pulled that one out. Kyler Murray, I, he's one of those guys, I can't trust him. I still don't trust him. But, man, those those two-point conversions were unbelievable. outrageous. unbelievable.
1: Again, two more things while yesterday was great. We're literally watching. It almost was like high school and college football on a professional level. Kyler Murray, on one of the two-point conversions, ran around for 15 to 20 seconds, like he did in high school. He was just running around like a video game. And then the second two-point conversion, unbelievable throw to A.J. Green. That was crazy. And then the Cleveland and New York Jets game, to miss an extra point. Uh, I mean, Cade York was the hero week one don't remind me yeah hero but then misses an extra point and then to for the jets to recover an onside kick and then go score i'm think this we don't get weekends like this in the nfl very often where multiple games it's just complete chaos so it was yeah i don't know if we're going to talk teams that we're concerned about but goodness gracious the raiders very concerning. I mean, to start 0-2 in the AFC West, talk about an uphill climb. The Chiefs, I mean, very much still the team to beat in the AFC West. Chargers, they look good. I mean, losing to the Chiefs is certainly not anything to be upset about. But goodness, the Raiders, to lose like that, to be 0-2,
0: yikes. Doesn't look good. All right, so this is very obvious, but this is the reality of the NFL. It's all about winning close games. And last year, the Raiders were able to win those close, dramatic, wild games. A lot of those balls just kind of broke their way. And, and so the plays went their way. And, and that's why they ended up in the playoffs. You think about the team, a team like the Tennessee Titans, which we'll see tonight on Monday Night Football. Yeah. A lot of things went their way last year. Tight game. They weren't blowing people out. Tight no. games they're without Derrick Henry, they, that's right. They got the wins, and and so now, you know, this year things might not go Las Vegas's way in those tight games, and that's going to be a really tough division. If, if, if they might be, you know, they're still. I, I think they're like they're still competitive. They're fine in a lot of ways, but these are the games where you got to You got to pull them out if you want to make the playoffs because the 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 margin in the NFL is so small. That's why we love it. That's why there's parity. That's why the Jets can win yep. on any given week. That's why Atlanta can play you tough. That's why Houston can play you tough. Yep. That's why Seattle can win on a Monday night game, even though they're, they're not very good, and they might not win again. And Chicago could win the first week of the game, of the season in the yep. rain because the margin of error, a little bit of rain, benefited Chicago. A week later, eh, you go up against Green Bay. Eh, in Lambeau or Sunday Night Football not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I'm just I'm
1: so concerned because the
0: Colts. I mean, they're they're
1: with the division they plan, They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Them Jags, the Texans, and the Titans. The Colts are okay. The Raiders. It's concerning. It's so concerning. One other really cool thing: the Lions being up twenty-two to zero. How cool is that? To see the Lions controlling a football game, like you said <laughs> at the beginning of the way, show.
0: Way, I mean, they, find they, ways it, to lose. This time they did not, which is huge. yes, yes.
1: That's just so fun to watch, especially again, hard knocks can destroy a team, or it could really benefit a team. But now that we are invested personally, if you watched Hard Knocks, into the Lions, I mean, is there, a, is there a fan in NFL that hates the Lions? There's no way. There's no way. They're so likable, and I heard a stat earlier today. It's the first time in like 11 years the Jags, Lions, and Jets all won on the same day. I mean, they oh. all three won. That's that wild. is a rare event. In recent history, <laughs> very rare. And the fact that I, the I Texans that. almost joined the list as well would have been even
0: more rare. Oh my goodness. Wow. The uh, the other game we haven't talked about the Steelers and the Patriots, a low scoring game. I'm not sure that, I'm not sure New England could be overly excited about that win, but yeah. now being one and one, Steelers one and one, of course, the questions become the, the bench, Mitch Trubisky, is it Kenny Pickett time? Uh, I don't think Mike Tomlin's going to do anything, you know, emotional no. or based on one game. So I think he wants to give Pickett more time, uh, not put the pressure on him. And uh, Trubisky that, that too.
1: I think Trubisky deserves more time. He, I, I would say the jury's still out on him. He needs a little more time in the new situation um, for him to really,
0: yeah, have a good shot. So did he not have time in Chicago? I guess that's Chicago. So let, let, we'll give him a few more. We'll give him a few more weeks, Ugh. a few more weeks in Pittsburgh. But nah. that was a little bit of a surprising loss for them in Pittsburgh, uh, especially with new England. And eh, not, not didn't look very strong that first week, uh, but they ran the ball better. D- Damian Harris who ended up getting hurt toward the end of the season or end of the game. looked pretty good uh, for them, which I think is gonna be key. They got to run the ball. Well, that, that takes the pressure off Mac Jones. That's why they were successful last year. Uh, but they, they didn't look too good against Miami in Week One. But now after two weeks, looks like Miami they're they're living up to the hype. So again, yeah. I'll be the last one on that bandwagon. But, but uh, that but was a low scoring
1: game. When I got home from church, the two games that I was able to watch locally, the CBS and the Fox game was Saints Bucks, low scoring, snoozer of yes. a game. Snoozer. But then also Patriots
0: Steelers. I'm like, oh, ugh, this is tough draw. Tough. So you don't draw. have the red zone. No, oh Luke, no. Luke, you got to find a way to to watch football on Sunday without the red zone is it's it's not good. Yeah, it's hey. like it's like eating dessert without sugar. It's like sugar free, <laughs> sugar free desserts, sugar free desserts. <laughs> More it's of like, a savory guy though. More of a savory. It's like yeah, guy. you still have football, you still have football, but you don't have the red zone. You yeah. gotta have, you gotta have some sugar, man. That's that. Yeah. that, that your gets boy, you your going. boy, your boy, your boy Hanson, Scott Hanson. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. Seven hours of commercial free football. That's what we get. That's what we get. So um, let's see. I think we talked about all the games. You're, I mean, your Cowboys, Bengals. So Bengals are now 0-2. I personally am not surprised by this. This is actually one thing I did get right. I thought the Bengals would struggle this year. Um, just kind of the Super Bowl hangover, losing. It's, it yeah. doesn't always translate very well for teams. And And again, they got a lot of those breaks last year. I'm not sure they're going to get all those breaks. This season and and Joe Burrow, you know, didn't play a lot. Training camp, preseason, a little bit rusty to start the year. We know they've got talent there. We know we know what Burrow's capable of, but I'm not sure that uh, they're going to have the same type of magical run as they had. I'm sure they'll so, win like four yeah. in a row at some point this year, something yeah. like that. But they're, they're off to a, a pretty slow
1: start. Here's the one thing that I'm impressed about the Cowboys Bengals game is When your starting quarterback goes down, is your coaching staff going to go ultra conservative? Hey, you know what? We're not going to try to, we're going to try not to lose the game. We're just going to go heavy run ball. We're going to run the ball. We're not really going to let him throw. Or are you just going to say, Hey, we've got nothing to lose. We've got our backup quarterback. Let's just see it. And the Cowboys let Cooper rush go out there and play that opening drive going for it on fourth and two and letting Cooper actually throw the ball. I'm like, Yes, why don't coaching staffs do this more often? You already have your backup out there. You're already at a disadvantage. Why not just let them play? Yeah. So I'm glad Dallas didn't go the conservative route. So that was a much needed coaching victory from the Cowboys coaching staff because it was looking grim, especially mm. how last season ended. I mean, yikes. so that was that was a good feel good win for for Cowboys fans to see. Okay, this coaching staff's got a little more left in the tank.
0: Yeah, so the Cowboys, Cardinals, I mean Broncos, Lions, uh, Jacksonville, Jets—like all those teams really needed a win. Like those, yeah. you know, especially with kind of coaches that were eh, questionable to start the year. Those teams really needed it. So that was uh, that was impressive. Yeah, whereas New England, they still got Bill Belichick, so it's yeah, it's nice. It's always nice for them to stay in stay stay in the mix. But yeah, um, <laughs> I think they had to worry too much there. Um, <laughs> but but as far as uh, tonight's game go, and so I don't think we're going to do a full on tap drill today. I think we'll just kind of tap around a couple topics here as we wrap things up today. Yeah. Um, H- Henry had some other commitments uh, today, but uh, tonight's Monday Night Football. First off, it's a double header, yeah, and. I absolutely love the staggered start. I've always enjoyed the the two you know the double headers when I was si- single and I watched every football game, it was fine when the games kicked off at ten o'clock at night. Uh, <laughs> but now this one this one's a little bit earlier and then the, the the first game starts earlier. So I'm all in on this and I would even say I wish this was the case every single week. It would be it's Monday night if you're gonna make a big deal about the night because I don't like the risk of what if the one game's not great? I like to, I like having options. I like having two TVs going. Yep. Uh I am all in. So, the point on what if it doesn't live up? That's you have to
1: schedule you have to ha- go for the high floor NFL scheduling. Don't go for the home run high ceiling. Oh, what these teams could have a great game. Look. Packers Bears something at football. Yikes. No one's shocked that it wasn't a good game. Monday night football. I was looking at the schedule. Monday night, there's a lot of good games. Thursday nights look grim, doesn't look good. And I, I'm concerned that there's going to be a lot of flops on, hey, we're riding with one game on Thursday, and a lot of them just don't look good. So I'm concerned about that. But the doubleheader is great. I mean, Monday night, I'm, we're already conditioned to watch football on a Monday night. We're clearing schedules. We're aware, hey, it's Monday night. We got the Manning brothers, now Joe and
0: Troy. Had another game? Come on, absolutely. And so t- tonight's matchups are pretty intriguing. So you got you got Titans Bills, and then Vikings Eagles. Vikings Eagles Eastern
1: potential NFC Championship preview. I mean, t- two teams Fair. with, I mean, with serious momentum. So I am very excited. And last year, Bills Titans would have been a lot more exciting. You're definitely out on the Titans
0: already. after one game.
1: Yeah, I'm, i I want to see if the Bills are gonna make a statement tonight and say, you know what, we're gonna just steamroll another team, and we're here. So I, that's kind of what I'm looking for. And then selfishly, I'm hoping Vikings Eagles. Even though I'm rooting for the Vikings this season, I hope it comes down to the last possession. Give me a good Monday night game.
0: Mm. That would that would that would be sweet. So I, I'm all in though. Uh, I'd love for the so next year there's gonna be multiple doubleheaders. I think three next year. But to me, then that's a baby step toward let's just make this part of the the schedule. Yeah, because I love the seven o'clock kickoff. That means I can actually see the end of the game tonight and get to bed at a decent hour. And then I'll catch the late game. Okay, I'll catch the late game in the morning. So that to me is best case scenario. So I'm all in on that. Um, One other uh, story that caught my eye from the weekend, former Unpacking It guest, Herm Edwards, who was fun on the show. uh, He's out at Arizona State. And, and so I'm not going to break down whether you know they should have kept them or whatever. The question is today, would you like to see him back in broadcasting? And remember him at ESPN, he was an NFL guy, and then he went to coach in college. So if he returns to broadcasting, do we want to hear him back on the NFL? You play to win the game, or does he slide over to college football and beef up that coverage a little bit?
1: Well, as a kid, I could never remember... Who was who?
0: Him or Tony Dungy? To oh, me, really? they were
1: the same person. I, I, I was like, oh, there's, there's Tony Dungy. Different, oh, different personalities. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I could never remember which one was which. But yeah, bring Herm back. That's why you between you and Cooper Rush, I, I don't know the difference. So. <laughs> I get right. it. I get that's it. Right. Yeah, but I'd love that's, to see. That, that's I'd love high it. praise right there. Yeah, that's right. I'd love to see Herm back on. And I think. Would he, you prefer him in NFL or college? To me, he's been disconnected from the NFL a little bit. You know, last couple of years he's been all in on college football, so he knows the game better. So I'd probably have him double dip, actually. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer double my question. Double dip, the and say chip. Both. where we've seen this a little bit, like Jay Williams will do an NBA, college basketball, and then kind of. I think he's now even more NBA. Uh, oh, but Jalen he- Rose did a little bit of both, and then Jay, then you have boy, to land. Then you have to your, land
1: your boy Jay quadruple dips though. He's given hot takes about the NFL. Don't Oof. listen to those.
0: You can't listen. I mean, to those. literally, You're listening I'm, to that Monday that morning. I'm turning show. on
1: ESPN Radio, and their like, their ad for the upcoming show is Jay Jay Williams giving a, an Aaron Rodgers take. Like, wait, what am I listening to? I'm I'm just gonna have to <laughs> turn can... the channel. Are you kidding me? Stay yeah. in your lane. Stay in yeah. your lane.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't I don't listen to that. I haven't. It's been a long time. Um. All right. Last question. So. You know, we talked earlier about the the basketball programs, college basketball programs, doing pretty well to start the season. Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, UNC. and mm-hmm. take that a step further, how about the ACC? UNC, Duke, Florida State, Syracuse, Clemson, Wake Forest, and NC State are all three and O. And what makes this so interesting is you know, we just sort of all accepted in the off season. Well, there's going to be these two big conferences you know, Big Ten and SEC, you've got the, you know, kind of the Midwest and, and then the South. And we sort of just forgot about the ACC. We're thinking, well, maybe Clemson will jump and, you know, leave everybody else behind. Yeah. And those will be the two big conferences. Well, I don't know. Does the ACC, you know, kind of keep things interesting? Does this open up the door? How does this affect things moving forward? And can these teams actually keep it up throughout the season? You know, it's nice to start off yeah. strong. But what will this look like the rest of the way? You know, of course some of these teams played some some easier opponents early on, but as we know, as an App State grad, you can never overlook anybody. Um but but still, that's kind of that's the reality. So anyway, I don't know your your perspective coming out, I, I'm in ACC country. Your your perspective as as a, you know, fan of the SEC and and a fan of college football. What do you make of the ACC getting off to a big start?
1: Well, I would say <laughs> it feels like people forgot about Clemson as well. Like Everyone was written off, but Clemson's yeah, a, like a 10 I mean, win de- season was a down season. I know pretty, pretty astounding. So I don't know. I mean, there's just so much unknown, like the SEC commissioner was in a recent article talking about just not even thinking about divisions anymore. Well, I don't know one division conference and what the future is. It's, it's all interesting. So yeah, I don't they, know. They sh- I, I am in favor of that. Eliminate
0: the divisions.
1: Well, just yeah. Cause he was like, you know, and- he was yeah. like, oh, well, uh, people are calling for the pod system. He's like, no, that's just – that's not going to work either. So some type of – I don't know. The NFL's model is just so good with how you make the playoffs, wild cards. They have divisions, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's good to see – I mean, from my perspective, even though I'm an SEC guy, I like when there's a lot of good teams. So it's not just, oh, yeah, well, that, I know who's making the college football playoff by week four. No, I want it. I want it to go down to the wire, as a sports fan. Yeah. Do I want A and M to have an easiest route possible? Yeah, sure. My Jayhawks for tied for first in the Big Twelve right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. I the ACC being good is good for college football. There's no doubt about that. As an SEC, absolutely. I, so, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. These are you know big name programs mainly because of of basketball with with. Duke and UNC and even NC state to a lesser degree. Shout out to to Brady loyal listener. But if you um, haven't
1: watched the ACC basketball docu-series on ESPN, I still haven't. Please go watch it it.
0: multiple times. It is the greatest football season. I can't watch it during football season.
1: Oh, but you're a diehard sports fan. Come on. You're a basketball guy at heart. It is. I I promise you. It's the greatest sports documentary I've ever seen in my life. It's 10, one hour long episodes, the entire history from like the 1950s to present day about the AC about ACC basketball, it is such rich history. It's it's unbelievable. I could not stop watching. Please go watch it on ESPN
0: Plus. That's cool. All right, you've you've convinced me. I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. So, all right, man, we could talk all day. Uh, a fun weekend in the NFL and. And as we talked about, a lot of results were, were the opposite of what we expected, what we believed about certain teams. The opposite ended up happening. And, and again, the parallel for us in, in life is God, God's word and God's way is really the opposite of what the, the world tells us and culture t- tells us. And, and even just a lot of the stuff that we've we've grown up to believe is the the best way or what life is all about it's it's not the truth it's not it's not the reality of how God created things and and, and his his way and his kingdom and his order and, and, and his design uh in is really the opposite so that's the encouragement for us to as we wrap up today and appreciate everybody listening and always love hearing from you you can email me Bryce at unpackingit.com uh, let us know uh your reaction to today's show reaction to the, the football weekend uh, questions, concerns, thoughts, feedback. We love hearing from you. So thanks, to everybody, jumping on the chat today as well. Uh, we'll be back next Monday, Lord willing. Uh, we also plan to do the Fantasy Football Fellowship show tomorrow morning, and we'll talk more NFL, uh, especially about some of these individual performances. Tua, my goodness, remarkable. So where, where where does he end up now the rest of the way in fantasy? and. I, I think he's been on waiver wires for people, so we'll get into that conversation uh, tomorrow as well. We're we're waiting patiently here in Charlotte. Will Matt Rule keep his job after two losses <laughs> to start the the season? Nine straight losses, and and it's just it's not looking good. There's actually a, a restaurant in town that's willing to offer ten free wings to everyone if Matt Rule is fired by five o'clock today. So no that's the, they're all in. They're all in. Wow. Um, so, so here, here's the stats. Nine straight losses for Matt rule, 10 and 25 overall, one in 25 under rule when allowing 17 plus points, they've actually led in 17 of the last 19 games, five and 12 hmm. in those games. So I thought earlier about the tight Goodness. games and a lot of times it's coaching and quarterback play that puts you over the top and, and, that that allows you to win those close games. Well, the Panthers clearly haven't had the quarterback play. And so does is that the whole blame or does it fall on the head coach? And I think fans are are starting to say enough yeah. is enough.
1: It's almost like Baker looks worse in Carolina though. <laughs> yes.
0: Like maybe it is. Maybe coaching is is
1: what's going on. I don't know. It's like whoever plays quarterback in Carolina right now all look the
0: same. Baker right. looks
1: just like Sam Darnold last year. Well, so true. Darnold was worth it. Sadly.
0: Sadly. Uh, one last thing, just as a, a little uh nugget as we as we wrap things up. I, I saw this on Facebook. I thought it was pretty cool. So Mike Morton, probably don't know the name, but he made his NFL officiating debut and became the first Super Bowl winner to become an NFL official. Which is cool. Wow. To take it a step further, he's a dentist. How about Wait, that? What? Remarkable story. So he played seven years in the NFL, Raiders, St. Louis, Green Bay, Indi- Indianapolis, and in 1999 for the Rams when they won the Super Bowl, the Kurt Warner year. Uh, <laughs> and so for the past 15 years, the former NFL linebacker has worked as a dentist just outside Charlotte, a town called Kanapolis. And so the dentist becomes the first Super Bowl winner as an official. How cool is that? Did he quit his job as a dentist? I did he, did so. he throw in the towel? Ta- I, I don't believe so. No, I think he's still. I think he's still a dentist. This, I, this I, just I can't is confirm. A side note. I can't confirm that. I go to a different dentist. But
1: <laughs> just a quick side note here: one, how you have how someone has the margin in their life to be a dentist, <laughs> and then I'm going to go be an, an NFL official on the weekends, which people do for full time jobs. That's such high stress. You have to know so much. Which then reminds me, there's no way. Kirk Herbstreit sustains what he's doing. Oh no, no way! Like, it's just like a, a a man thinking through this. I don't have kids,
0: but I am married.
1: How does he have time for his family?
0: Yeah, I don't understand. That's, it's a short, short season, uh, kind of you know September to January, but still, I don't know. I, that's going to be hard. I'm, I'm with you. So what the what the what to get our, uh, our our research team on whether or not he's still a dentist. <laughs> um, but still, a cool, cool story. Anyway, in-person experience. Someone needs to. We need to get
1: one of the the interns to book an appointment with them.
0: There you go. That'd be cool. That yeah. his business, dentist's business, will pro- probably uh, pick up even more. So instead cool. of the instead of the movies with the sunglasses, you're just watching NFL films while you're getting yeah, the teeth. Yeah, there you on. go. Yeah, that's right. No, the other day, the other day, I get I'm at the dentist, and the TV was on, and it was like. One of the judge shows or Jerry Springer, something along those lines. I don't even <laughs> nice. know what it was, but it was like absurd. And I was like, "Hey, can you please change the channel?" Instead of changing the channel, she just turned it off. Oh, I was like, "Come on! I mean, come on! You got Jerry Springer something. or nothing? That's it. Oh, you don't want to watch that? Fine, it's off. Throw, a throw, you know, throw something on. It's either that or I'm looking at the light. Yeah, you know, the, the dentist light. So I, I miss.
1: I miss being able to be at like a kid's dentist. I was that guy that <laughs> went to a pediatrician and a kid's <laughs> dentist for far too long. When I was eighteen years old, Cook Children's said you can't come here anymore, and I went till I was twenty. No, you to didn't. Cook Children's hundred percent. I didn't find it. I didn't find a doctor. Look, I was, I was at college. I'm like, I'll I'm come back. Oh yeah, I need a physical. Cook Children's, like, yeah, we're really not supposed to take you. You're twenty years old. I'm, I mean, I looked like Buddy the Elf walking around. <laughs> but then I stayed at my kids' dentist for far too long. But here's the thing: they give me the sunglasses. I'm watching great movies. I get to I put a little quarter in the candy machine, get something. Now my dentist, nothing. And my my hygienist, I, I have the same person every, every time. She's a kind gal, but <laughs> she she asks me questions that demand an elaborate response while oh, yeah. she's working on my teeth. Always. Like, where's the social awareness? I can't respond to you. The no, whole like, time is, it, yes, like this is what I was doing. Play. Actually, what do you think about that? I'm like, I have nothing. I literally yeah. have nothing. It's, it's outrageous. Raging. It makes no sense to me. So I, that monologue, I hope that blessed some of you. Yeah, for you. For those of you, I wonder if there's any peop- anyone who went longer, older to their pediatrician
0: <laughs> than, t- than 20 years old. Are you still brushing your teeth with a Mickey Mouse toothbrush? <laughs> no, I like upgraded to the, the electric, to the electric electric toothbrush. Yeah, There you go. That's good. That's good. <laughs> still using bubblegum uh, uh, toothpaste? Ooh, more of a mint guy. More of a mint guy. You want bubblegum or mint today, Luke? <laughs> I want bubblegum, please. I know. They don't even ask. It's a shame. It's a it, shame. No, no asking anymore. That was a sad day whenever that, you know, that was always a fun, fun decision to make. Ooh, oh, I'm in the mood for spearman or strawberry today now it's just whatever it's they just got
1: totally different no movies yeah. no i mean i've written damage after my tennis deployments because no sunglasses oh i still I to go sunglasses. i gotta go eyes
0: closed oh i still get sunglasses yeah oh yeah i, I always wonder light. who else has been wearing those but <laughs> yeah no chance of disinfecting that's, a, that's another story so all right well good good show today <laughs> enjoyed it thanks for everybody listening uh again love the feedback and we'll talk to you next week I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackin'it.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackin'it.com slash donate.